All views and language expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their personal opinions and do not reflect their employers or organizations they are associated with. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Okay, so today we have Ellison and Larry joining us on the podcast. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about the locus of control. What is a locus of control? It refers to an individual's perception about the underlying main causes of events in his or her life. There are two types of control points, which is internal and external. The internal locus of control means that control comes from within, where we have personal control over our own behavior. And the external locus of control means control stems from external forces. When you have an external locus of control, you believe that events outside of your control drive your actions and outcomes that you get. So today on the podcast, we're going to kind of go over where we've had both internal points and external points of control and how that sort of shaped the way we thought about things. We've dealt with a lot during the pandemic, right? We've done a lot of self-reflection. We've done, um, we've gone through kind of the struggles, economies pretty much going bad. Um, there, there's a lot of uncertainty right now. Um, you know, for me, I've always looked at life from an external view like i've reacted in ways that um that you know i i have more of like a a reaction to an action that happened in my life um so i would say i'm more of an external view um when like for instance you know whatever's thrown into my life, I, I feel like it's faith and it has to happen to me. It gives me um, more growth opportunity to, to learn through those experiences. Um, but most recently through the pandemic, you know, I've, I have to say that uh, I have more of an internal view, um, especially with going through therapy, being able to um, be more aware of things around me and, um, you know, basically even the basic conversations I have with, with people, I, I notice that, um, you know, there's these social cues that I pick up on these days rather than before I would, you know, if an awkward moment happens, I would just brush it off of my shoulders. But now, like, I have more of an internal view um, especially starting um, back or starting school again, um, it's it's very competitive. Like I, I told you earlier, um, being in grad school, it, it it really pushes your your mental game to a different level. I believe um, I, I am put into this cohort where everyone's top performing of their companies. Right? They they seem like they know it all and. And um, there's this stigmatism that they say it's um, it's called uh, what's that called? Uh, imposter syndrome, mm. right? Like they feel like they know everything, but in actuality, it's a facade. It's it's they're just being fake to themselves. And uh, coming into this program, I I told myself I always wanted to be my authentic per my th authentic self. Mm -hmm. um, first quarter it was really rough um i've i've noticed that the people around me they they really don't care about like 
throwing people under the bus or um or just taking advancements on me being nice um so a little bit of background about myself you know i born and raised in hawaii oahu you know with the aloha spirit always giving always thinking about other people um moved up to the mainland uh back in 2015 but i've always had those hawaii group of friends who had the same culture you know raised during the same culture and then um being in this program everyone's just it's very diverse uh I, it made me recognize that I really need to self-reflect and be more aware of my actions. So um, I'll give you a story. This uh, this guy, he, he's kind of on the spectrum in, on my team. And, uh, you know, he, he can't really socialize very well. And um, we had to, like, film the, our introductions. Um, and, and the whole cohort, about 90 people, uh, views these these intros, intro videos. Um, so he was the guy who was doing the audio video and at one point he was like, Allison, I need you to, um, say your intros, say your, like, what do you like to do? How were you raised? You know, I told him, Hey, I, I played baseball when I was young, you know, I was on a team, I made the all-star team and, and towards the end he's like, I need you to try to swing a bat. You know, I did that. And this guy, he like didn't bother to edit out my, my gut, my gut was hanging out and I was so embarrassed because it showed on the big ass screen about like 90 people in the room entering these videos and I'm like what the fuck dude like why um are you, why didn't you cut that out and then um I was like fuck it that's when I kind of started internally viewing myself like how should I react how how do I need to like be more competitive with this group of people so that's when my personality switched from being more external to internal and I was like holy shit fuck these guys I'm gonna you know now like I view myself as like I'm kind of more balanced being with therapy I, I, I'd say you know talking to my therapist it's given me a lot of anxiety but um, yeah I have some tools you know we could talk about it but um, yeah she's helped me tremendously through all these problems that i i've you know gone through this past year or so dude that's that sounds super rough yeah. <laughs> i i can um feel that too like when i first so i'm from the outer island and coming here for college blew my mind because everyone is on point just had their knowledge down to a t and imposter syndrome super high and I decided to that I'll just be a social butterfly because that's easier than trying to score on grades. <laughs> but I think in that process for me, I was thinking, shit, this was my fault for not studying and not learning um, how to be a good student. And I had to kind of rewire the way I think about studying, the way I thought about grades and then trying to achieve a balance. So kind of reinventing the self, right? So in your story, Ellison, you mentioned also that you went from kind of an external to an internal level of control, uh, locus of control. And is that because you had to kind of, 
I don't I don't want to say kill the kindness that you had in yourself, but you had to find your competitive edge, and then bring that out so you can feel more on level footing with everyone. Um. Yeah, I had to find my competitive edge, but also I didn't want to lose my my side of being, you know, very a nice person. Yeah. So. Right. Um. That's always a struggle for me now. But um, I recognize for certain people, I need to act a certain way. Mm. Um, for those people who actually give a shit about me, that's when I put more attention to them rather than those people who I know that would, you know, just use me as, you know, just for advantage. So I would say it's been a struggle, but um, I've, I've learned that, you know, pick my battles and choose the people I want to give my time to. Um, Definitely, I would yeah. say that's a good one. Do you, do you think that maybe corporate culture or just mainland culture, the spirit of aloha, the spirit of caring and kindness, just is different or just kind of doesn't really exist? Because I get that feeling, or when I've talked to friends in Washington, there's that Seattle freeze they call it. Mm-hmm. Could you touch on any of that? Maybe how that kind of frames how we view the world. Uh, uh, definitely, definitely. There is no aloha culture or aloha spirit in the mainland. I, it's only when I hang out with those people from Hawaii that it really shows and it comes out. But um, I know that numerous times on the mainland, um, I've thrown barbecues and events. And, you know, I would I'll bring in the premium meats. You know, I got steak, salmon, you know, all this stuff. I, I go out all out on them and then... Um, I we always have a blast. A lot of people come out. You know, we we enjoy our time together, play games, eat good food. You know, like Hawaii culture, everyone brings premium food to these potlucks, right? Oh. Every time. Okay, so I've been to a lot of barbecues up on the mainland that aren't that people there. People aren't from Hawaii. They make burgers and hot dogs that's it or either pizza <laughs> oh, man. and it's so bad that's not a barbecue man. it's not it's <laughs> not i'm salad. like yeah i'm like oh, fuck you should i should just bring mac salad I, <laughs> <laughs> with raisins <laughs> yeah. it's it, it's not good you don't just you don't feel it but you know that's how the culture is on the mainland it's just cutthroat you're 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 on your own you're independent and then you just gotta do you just think watch yourself? Do you think it's because that's what they know? Like when you go to a barbecue, yeah, it's the hot dogs and the hamburgers and the chips and potato salad and raisins because it's you know, that's their culture, right? Yeah. Like they don't know about I don't know, Michun or bringing good stuff or like it's just the bare minimum. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. That's how they were raised, right? Yeah. You know, we were raised to just welcome everyone with open hands, right? Give whatever we can give. But in the mainland, it's just, yeah, like you said, it's, that's how they were raised. Uh, and, and I truly believe, like, everyone's backgrounds play a big role in how they turn up later on in life. Um, yeah. You know, people with, with trauma, they, they go through uh, so much that they, they become kind of cold inside. They don't want to share anything because they don't want to be vulnerable. People who have problems with like being raised by a single parent, mm. um, these guys they 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 lack that to that uh, 
that nuclear type of family where there's a mom and dad, you know, the dad is more of that dis disciplinary where the mom is more um, loving and caring. And, but, you know, where I was raised, it was pretty rough. I was raised by my single mother. So um, luckily we had my extended family to help raise me, which now I, I look back at it and I'm like, I'm glad I had that because partially I've been raised by the village, right? Right, it takes a village. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is where I am now. I mean, I'm pretty content with my life. I'm yeah. still growing. I think, <coughs> you know, this is fun because I'm learning about you things I never knew before, too. And this is cool because you guys are my friends, right? And learning things, trusting that we can be open about it, too. I can see how you know, especially being uprooted from a culture we're so familiar with and being transplanted to the mainland, a lot of it can seem like it's external, right, driving you. And I would say for a fact, yeah, it is. There's a lot of things outside of your control. And I think one of the kind of funny things I talked about with one of my other friends was you could go out on any given night on the mainland and you'll never see the same person twice, unless obviously you have the same circles, whatever. But that tripped me out because when we went to California with my brother, I was like, there's so many people here. I can see how that's true. How, how you can have that lack of care and empathy for other people. Hmm. And then in Hawaii, it's so much smaller. You, I remember growing up, it's like my classmates is like i don't tell your mom and i was like bro <laughs> please don't yeah because it's so true like they they live 15 minutes away five minutes away that's just how small our communities were and then now that the world is opened up to us and especially for you being on the mainland since 2015 right the culture shock is so different and there are a lot of external factors so that's interesting to hear that you also found a way to turn inward and I mean you had some help right and how was it like a conscious shift that you got there or was it through having help with a therapist that you started to find your internal locus of control and because I feel like okay I'll put it this way Allison you're one of the guys that I always looked at like this guy knows where he's going knows what he wants and he's going to do what it he needs to to get there and he does it in a way that is also very inclusive. He, he makes sure that people aren't left out, whether it be not on the project, but maybe even afterwards, like at least socially, try to keep that network strong. Like you're one of the, those people to me. So hearing that there are a lot of external factors that you are allowing to kind of get you down, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then hearing how you brought it back, finding yourself um, your internal self to be able to drive and push back outward against it. How was that type of journey for you? Yeah, yeah. You know, first I'd I'd like to thank you because that's that that kind of you know, it, 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 it's makes me happy that you you view me that way, Craig. Um, uh, it's been a struggle. I would say therapy has helped a lot tremendously. Um, with therapy, it, it made me more aware of things, made me more mindful of of what's happening in my life. Um, and then jumping into 
the program, the MBA program that really solidified my my way of viewing myself, being able to reflect on um, these experiences. So I'd say it was more therapy and then the experience. Um, you know, I, I've always had positive views in my life, um, but starting the program, I'd say that's where it kind of went downhill a little. Um, also, reconnecting with my ex-partner, um, that also brought on more ebbs, I would say. It, mm -hmm. it brought on more struggles. I really needed to learn through, cope through those those anxieties. Um, but I, I would say therapy has helped a lot for me. Dude, that's a struggle. Like, how, And how many people are even open, you know, to putting themselves out there to someone else, a stranger, and trying to get them to connect and understand the things that we're going through. Considering there could also be, right, cultural differences of where that therapist is from, their background, how they grew up, compared to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Um, every t I, 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 you know, I recommend everyone to go find a therapist. You know, like, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, you don't want to share your vulnerability you don't mm -hmm. want to open up your vulnerability to strangers yeah but look at it from a different perspective you're telling a stranger you're paying a stranger to unload your shit to <laughs> right <laughs> and they have no judgment they they cannot tell you like they won't look at you downly they, they won't like oh look at this dude you know like He's going through some shit. I'd rather speak to a stranger, my therapist, who I truly like, trust, and give me an outside perspective from a professional level mm. to 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 try to steer me. Because you know, you start talking, um, you start talking your pain through friends and stuff like that. They'll have, you know, they'll have a different perspective. They'll have a right. different. You know, you don't want to be judged or whatever. But you know, for a therapist, it's a stranger. It's basically you're paying this this dude or this person that you know to listen to your shit you're unloading and it feels a lot better because it kind of lifts it it, it it takes it out of my body and then i'm trying to project it to someone else and yeah it, it's it's all good yeah it's all good man that's super good yeah kind of. what, what did you find for that internal sense of control internal locus of control can you point or describe the one thing that now you hold as like this is this is me and this is what I'm going to continue to strengthen and put out into the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I I don't want to take things too heavy, too too serious. You know, I I, I want to keep an open mind, but also keep things light. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when people come at me, um, you know, I I. I look at it from a perspective of like it's not me it's them mm. so to your question like what what really makes me me is like you know I, I assess the situation and then um figure out you know what's the best route of like taking to make this person happy again you know um so in the beginning of the program we started taking these managerial self-assessment tests and one of my leadership style was um I'm more motivational. I, I like to motivate the people around me because it lifts me. It it lifts them, but it also lifts me seeing my friends and family, you know, um, accomplishing life. And, and I take 
all that award and just take it internally and I'm, I'm happy to help people out and maybe from Hawaii culture as well too yeah <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so. that's like oh, that's so good that's so pure like there, there's I've, I've been finding as a manager too the ability to help coach and mentor and elevate other people like mm-hmm. there's nothing else like it and there are days uh, 100% that I'm like I don't know if it's worth it Mm-hmm. But then there are other days where I'm like, hell yes, it is. And there's more th- more of those days than there are of the others. So that's freaking awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I bet you go through a lot, too. I mean, being a manager, I mean, you see all different aspects of, like, the people you, you manage, right? So, I mean, from your views, like, what was the hardest part? Or have you learned anything internally on the things you've like managed or 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 say to your people that like makes you think like do i need to approach it in a different way or a different angle try to make this person learn um you know a specific way i think oh man that's a tough question because everyone i i I think not to make like the millennial generation is more special or anything, but there's so many things we can take away from uh, the younger generations around us. And one of the ones that is a challenge and I've been trying to understand is everyone wants to be managed differently. And being able to have that awareness, right, is the key. For me, I have to be aware of myself first, right? How do I like to be managed? How do I manage others? And then try to understand in the general meetings and the one-on-ones that I have with the people, like, how can I build this level of trust that you believe that my intent is good? Because I believe my intent is good. And maybe the previous managers that you've had or the people that you've worked with haven't been as good or hasn't been a good relationship. So it's been a two-year, or is this three, two-and-a-half-year effort of trying to build a level of trust and comfort with my team. There are some people that we've been through a couple of cycles and we have a high level of trust and that's fun, right? I can give them a project, I can share my intent and they know how to run with it. Then there's others where, I don't know if it's maybe a generational, a generational gap or just maybe noise or thought process where it's like, I can, I'm giving you something but I'm not getting any feedback either. Mm. So that uh, to tie it into like the locus of control here for a second, right? As uh, an individual contributor, I always thought that we need to manage up and down the chain, meaning I'm managing my boss and I'm trying to manage the team around me, even though I was an analyst, right? I still collaborate with other analysts, other um, managers and whatnot. So my, like, okay, someone misses a deadline. That's their fault, right? But it impacts my project. Do I say, nah, that's their fuck up and wash my hands clean? In my mind, I was like, no, that there was a dependency on my project. It impacted me. So what do I need to do or what can I do to be able to help maybe even if I have to pull them along, even though it's not my responsibility? And then from that, kind of that thought, right? Like, it's not my responsibility, but I'm going to take control of that because that's something that affects me. And 
taking that to the manager level, right? Now I manage a team and then I work with different departments in my area and then even outside of my area. And it's kind of the same thing, right? Another department has a dependency on my thing or my application has a dependency on their application. And we got to work together to thread the dots. And now it's like learning how to create that level of trust with my team so that the necessary checkpoints, the necessary items are there so we can deliver the best product we can to meet the other department's needs, our needs. And then at the same time, like not being like, oh, boo-hoo, this wasn't my fault, blah, blah, blah. Like, sure, okay, it probably wasn't. But at the same time, it still affects you. So you got to do something about it. So that's ha- kind of how I viewed the internal versus external locus of control. Like it's going to happen no matter what. And it's kind of the choice. Do we allow it to happen kind of poo-poo? Or do we allow it to happen and figure out a way of making us better for it? Mm. So that uh, in managing the team, right, I could say, oh, the previous managers before me were just bad managers. And this is why we have this terrible working relationship. But so what? I need to build my own relationship with the team. We need to build our own level of trust together and then figure out how do we continue to deliver proper business solutions and products, right? I think that's great. (laughs) Does that answer the question? I think I kind of lost where I was going. No, no, no. no, no, That's a lot. (laughs) I I think that's great how you answered that, like how um, rather than rather than ruminate into like the problem and you just fucked up, you you fucked up, but you know, you find solutions to help your team out um, in a synergy way. Right. And I think that's a good way to view it. I mean, y- of course you fucked up, but you want to keep, keep pushing it, you know, keep, keep right. being in that status and you don't, you, there's no growth. There's, there's no movement. So I think the way you're approaching things, I think that's great. Thanks, man. What about for you, Larry? Internal, external, locus of control. Any stories to share in your life or any specific preference? Um, well, I'll just share a little bit without getting too much into myself because I normally don't like talking about myself. <laughs> but, um, but you're here today. You're here now, so you're going to be talking. <laughs> There's a gun in my head. <laughs> or a mic in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say arbitrary but 90 percent is more um external and i think it's because of one the way i mean how i was raised as a child uh, me being you know the youngest in the family you know i had to like obey my my older siblings um also i had a really strict mother <laughs> a single family i'm a single single mother raising us um and then you know it's you better obey or else you know you get lickings and uh, couple of that with, you know, going to a private Catholic school. And I, I had a really free mind where I wanted to do the things I wanted to do and then say the things I wanted to say. And then that came with consequences, such as getting lickings from your teacher. Um, <laughs> by the way, we should bring that back because <laughs> it helped change me a lot for, the po- for better. I might, might have been in jail or something. <laughs> Hey, times are changing, man. Ah, no, man. Instead no. of physical trauma, it's oh, emotional, man. mental trauma. I, I'll take the physical anytime. Like, get that yardstick. Yeah, man. <laughs> but I really shaped me up. Um, but also, because I was raised in, like, you know, a small school, this, 
this school only had like maybe 20, 30 students in one class. And, you know, everyone knows who you are. And, you know, if you do something bad, everyone's going to tell on you. So it's like, okay, you better, better behave. You better act a certain way. And somehow it, it kind of helped because it did provide you a framework on how to be an upstanding citizen. But at the same time, I mean, upstanding citizen, um, a well-behaved child. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, he, everyone thinks differently. And they have different ways of approaching things or they have different ways of how to express their feelings. And, you know, there, there's some times when, you know, you want to, like, bring out that internal control, but you just can't. So, and you just can't because that's not how the way the world works. So, um, I think because of all of that, it kind of like built up, built up. And then, you know, I had like this, I don't know, I guess, uh, external influence around me and I kind of shaped like what I wanted to do. And then, you know, I, I also feel that, uh, what's that saying? It's like you're your vibe attracts your tribe or mm. <laughs> or you are who you hang out with mm-hmm, kind of yeah. thing. So the good part is I hung out with a lot of great people <laughs> and um, I feel like I turned out okay. <laughs> um, I could say different for other people that I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you turned out pretty good, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not in jail. <laughs> yeah. But I then, I mean, th- it's it's like, yeah, you have your, your peers with you and they're not like, you know, homeboys or they're they're not, you know, they have goals in life and, you know, you want to kind of run the race with them, right? You don't want to be left behind. So I feel like because of that, that kind of like pushed me to, you know, be a better person or or strive, like, you know, just have like better goals for myself. Like for one, like Ellison, you know, you're going to MBA, having an MBA program. It's like, oh, damn, I should do better. <laughs> <laughs> but um, of course, in, in my own way, it's just, right. yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess just you know, um, the way the way people think too. Like, I, I, as of now, you know, with the dawn of like social media and everything, like everyone is so proper. Everyone is so like, you know, if you say this, you, you know, you're gonna get canceled, or or you should like respect other people's um, thoughts, um, or like, just I don't know, just be sensitive about everything. And one, I'll, I'll throw I'll throw it out here. I don't care. Um, I see people with like pets as emotional <laughs> emotional dog like emotional support like get that shit out of here man like, <laughs> like don't bring your emotional support dog to Costco or whatever I don't know anyway <laughs> I, I think I seen one on Hawaiian Airlines there's like an emotional support pig or something yeah. or a peacock oh. I was just like what oh. are you serious yeah like oh my god whatever but then you know you have to like be respectful and mm-hmm. you have to just you know like shut the fuck up because if you say something or do something then you're like whoa wow this guy is a dick you know like, <laughs> it's like oh man really i should say something but for the greater good maybe you shouldn't <laughs> yeah. i think i mean with that right like everyone has their own struggles that they're dealing with and we don't know but at the same time like you can tell when it's blatant that obvious you can tell that it's blatant and obvious when someone's trying to bend the rules for their convenience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what ticks me off more than seeing people with their emotional support teacup dog. <laughs> 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 it's like, could it really help you if you were having a seizure on the floor? Probably exactly. not. Exactly. But is it 
don't maybe just the fact that you have something that makes you um, feel more supported. I guess so. But it's a it's a blatant disregard to me that I'm like, rah, come on, you for real. Yeah, I think some people they they choose to take advantage of it. So there are some. I I would believe that there are some cases where you know someone will have a pet and it, they do provide emotional support like a cat or maybe a bird or a fish. But then, like, if you take it to the extreme where you bring your teacup dog to like like an airplane or like I don't know um at a grocery store or whatever, it's like okay, really do you, do you need emotional support in in the grocery store? Uh, <laughs> I should just buy your shit and go, man. Or use like um, Instacart or something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Instacart. Right. Or maybe it's like what, CBT, cognor, cognitive behavioral therapy, where they're just trying to get the exposure. Oh, I don't um, know. But, but yeah, um, I'd say pretty external. <laughs> uh, let me put it to you in a different way. Do you believe that for where you are currently in your life, I mean, obviously there were some external influences that shaped you, but choosing the major, the place you work, the things that you do, things that you have control over in your day-to-day, do you think that that has provided you the course to where you are right now? Or do you believe that it was all external and someone said, hey, you should go apply here because it'll be a good job for you. (laughs) Hey, you should do this. Hey, you should do that. (laughs) I think there's a mix. So um, as far as the major goals, I, I would say that's all me. And that took a lot of like searching through myself because like I didn't end up, I, I graduated with economics, but um, before that I was more like philosophy and art and, mm. you know, anything beyond the finance of things. And then um, there, there was one part, there was one point when my counselor was like, hey, you should get into like finance because, you know, what kind of job do you can get with art, you know? <laughs> it's like, bro, you don't know, man. In ten years, it's content creator. You know? <laughs> but if if only we knew that back then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, so there's a point where like, okay, I'll follow you because I don't know any better. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried finance out, and I sorry guys, I I hated it. <laughs> 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 and then I I switched another major, and I was just lost. I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, you know. Until this, I had this realization, like this epiphany, like. Like you know, I I like trading stocks. I like to draw, and I like charts, and I like how to I like to explain things in graphs. And then econ did a lot of that, <laughs> and I was like, okay, Boom. this yeah, this this makes sense. And from there, I just ran. I just ran with it. And yeah, I guess sometimes like when when push comes to shove, or like when you really like search deep down into yourself and just like you know, like it's just only you versus the world. Like then you kind of. You kind of already have the answers with you, you know. Right. So you've got to, you just got to like dig for it, and I guess meditate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can say meditations help me mm-hmm. for sure. I think that is a key point, though, right? Like you gotta, in terms of self-reflection and just knowing who you are, mm-hmm. being able to look inward and say, "Yeah, this is a thing that I'm gonna run with." I think that's a really big part of that internal locus of control. Because if you never knew who you were or what you wanted. Right, like how could you even say that, right, to even bring you to where you are today? So that's kind of how I was. I would look at things too. Like, yes, there are certain external factors, but then we also have control over what we do, right? Have you guys read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? 
I heard about that book. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that book is so legendary for like self help and stuff. But one of the the reasons I bring it up is because he has this thing called um, it's like the circles of influence, a circle of influence, circle of concern, and then circle of control. And in the most core of it, the only thing that you can really affect is yourself, right? Your thoughts, your actions. And then you have your circle of influence, which is like, hey, I'm going to tell Larry over here, hey, I think you should go check out this movie because I liked it. So that's sort of like influence. I'm influencing his thought because, hey, John Wick 4 was a really good movie. (laughs) (laughs) Or, and then the last one is like the circle of concern is um, someone cuts you off in traffic, right? So what? What are you going to do? You can't really do anything anymore. Like you should be concerned, yes, that it was potentially a dangerous maneuver that might have crashed your car into him. But what then? Do you, should you give it any more mind space or just let it go? And I think that's kind of where, in terms of like the internal, external locus of control, that's like where those two ideas meshed with each other. So kind of hearing how you guys perceived like the external world and how it affected the directions you took in your life. Like to me, that was like both. The external side affected the internal and then you kind of like folded over each other and then you shot off and took on a new direction. Yeah, I I don't think it's like there should be like a blend. It, it's not like all one hundred percent external, yeah. all one hundred percent internal. Because <laughs> I mean, if you're to scale that, it's like there there'll be people like oh they'll just never believe in themselves and always you know follow what other people think like right like like weak or something or like if it's internal then yeah. you'll just be like oh. super like hard headed you'll just never listen to anybody or narcissistic yeah. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. or that but, yeah yeah but you but. It's funny because there are those people out there where they only believe whatever their guru is telling them and they can't think for themselves and apply that critical reasoning or thinking. And then there's those those people that are super narcissistic and believe that the world revolves around them even when everything is showing that it's not. Like, yeah. It's not, bro. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you just got to find a balance yeah. to all of that. Um, I really thought that was interesting what you said. Like the internal core is, is you and only you can, you know, um, direct yourself. And then outside is influence and then outside is concern. Um, and, and how you tie that into, like, the internal, external factors of, you know, um, the locus. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, I think they call it, what do you, what they call it now? The, the woke life. <laughs> <laughs> woke culture. Okay, you got you to educate me because I've heard woke and I was like, I don't know what that is because it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I think, in my opinion, in my head, how I view these things of woke life is where, you know, you're, you're able to reflect and be able to recognize these social cues um, as far as just being all external factors where, you know, being narcissistic where you, you think you're, you're right and um, you're just closed-minded. Um, and that's how kind of I viewed life before therapy and then um i have i've I've definitely looked more inward with therapy and with these struggles that i've gone through and self-reflect on those things um so you know going back to that whole target where you yourself can influence yourself and then your outer ring and then the concerns I, i i think it all plays a big role in how you're shaped and how you view life. I, I think that's, yeah, I, I think that's a great way of putting it. 
Thanks. Yeah, I was trying to, man, and that's the thing. We read so many books. There's so many blog posts, so many Insta whatevers, and like I've been thinking about like how do we connect these things, and that's why I want to have these conversations with friends and people. Like, I want to just throw it out there and see, do do these ideas even make sense? <laughs> no. It if, does. if if we were to look at it as like okay, we do need a mix. Like, how would that look like? Like, what would like, is there, like, a process or some kind of framework? So how I'm thinking it is, like, mm. say, like, there's this guy, right? He Or this person, he has, like, a lot of potential. And, you know, you, but he's, like, in the hood, you know? Mm. And then his external forces are, like, you know, it's going to weigh him down. Like, would it be that, you know, you have, like, the you recognize your, you know, your inner self and the b- abilities that you have. And then you, you seek out for mentors, you know, that will, like, yeah. help push you out you know yeah I, I feel i feel like that's how i mean that's how i see it but like blending in internal and external right that's i've thought about that too like that's the hardest thing i can even imagine like you have someone that has this great potential but their circumstances are holding them back mm-hmm. and how do we remove that and i think that's like a societal question right like it's not and, oh man, <laughs> I'm about to go into a rabbit hole. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> Let's do it. Have equality of outcome to me is the most BS thing because why should we be equal? The reason why America is where it is is because of the inequality. The reason why we are where we are is because of that inequality. If we were back where our parents were, or for me, it's the Philippines, right? If we're in the Philippines, I wouldn't be sitting here talking on this podcast, living in Hawaii, enjoying the life I live right now, being able to go surf whenever I want. That would be the worst. That would be, it'd be so shitty. But I think it's more of the equality of opportunity, where everyone has the opportunity to realize and actualize themselves to whatever degree that might be. And I think, like, when we have a society where that's difficult to do because there are so many systemic issues, you know, what can you affect? And that goes back to the, the core thing, right? If you can affect yourself first and maybe by changing yourself, then you have the ability to change others. And by changing others, then it creates this wave of change. I think that's kind of where it goes. And Man, that that's one thing that does get me down. Oh. I'll be completely honest. I think about that like when when we say, oh, we should have a practice of gratitude. Like whenever you feel like um, life is not enough, you should have a practice of gratitude. And I, there are often times where I lie in bed and I'm like, I'm grateful that I have a physical body that's not broken. Like that is like <laughs> even down to that level and like just building it up. Like I'm grateful that I have a bed. I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head, right? Because there's others that have way less. And like how do we in this day and age where technology is moving so fast, how can we provide that same equality of opportunity to allow them to get at least the basic big three, right? Shelter, food, clothing, and then allowing them to work on being who they want to be. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I was just like that 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 was that's a rabbit hole that I've been <laughs> folding over in my head so many times. No, that's great that you mentioned that because you know, the way um like especially in America, right? It's a land of opportunity and all that. And for people that have been, you know, born and raised 
in the good old USA, that's all they know. You know, it's like opportunities. There's opportunity if you if you just like work for it. Um, and then you know, there's some where like you know, I don't like this anymore. This is not working for me. Like I I need like everyone <laughs> to be all equal, quote unquote, equal with each other. And then you know, then you you look at it in other countries, right? Like you know, in third world countries, you're like bro, man. I'll, I'll give up my left nut to go there and, <laughs> and, you know, like go hard, you know, like what, what the hell is your problem? Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, imag- just imagine like you're, you're coming from a third world country and you see America as this great place where you can make a lot of money, you can make a good living, raise a family and be what you want to be. And you go there and you see a lot of, like, like you move to Hawaii, right? And then take a walk down, like, you know, downtown at night or something. And right. you see a lot of homeless people like, bro, what did you do, man? Like, how did you guys mess up? <laughs> you know? Yeah, sorry. A little bit of a tangent. <laughs> nah. No, because I, I do, like, going back to what you had asked originally, right, there's external factors mm-hmm. that we that we really don't have control over. And then there's internal factors that we do. And then, again, like Allison mentioned, what is that balance that allows us to bring both of those together so that we can continue to grow ourselves? And I think about that a lot, like, just not, not even just on, um, like, my personal growth, just, like, what are the things that are happening outside of my life? Is there anything that I need to bring in so that I can work better about it or do better about it? Or am I okay with the boredom of having no thoughts right now? Like, uh, not to say meditation is having no thoughts, but like to just meditate and let go of the thoughts in my mind kind of thing. I think that's what meditation is for, right? To clear your mind, but ultimately in the beginning of your meditation, you always got to think of your problems and think about you know the situation that that really is in pain right now and then be able to just brush it off your head or brush it off your shoulders um meditation is very powerful in that aspect where you know they say to clear your head during meditation but uh, i think you have to think about your problems first and find solutions and then be more present and then clear your head um i find that was really powerful when i started meditating so do you feel like after meditating then you like you have some new insight on how to tackle certain things or it's just uh yeah yeah you find you you think about your your problems and then you think about solutions and then when you you find your solutions in your head, then you're much clearer. It's clarity, mm-hmm. right? And then you you just blank out. You see clarity and then meditate. You just clear your head. I think that's what meditation is. That's rather, interesting. Rather than, you know, starting your meditation and not thinking about anything and just clearing your head, I think for me when, when I do that, I, I think about my problem, I think about mm-hmm. solutions, and then gives me a moment of clarity, and then I can start thinking presently again rather than being more preoccupied preoccupied in my thoughts Mm. that's interesting i think for me for meditation sometimes it's just noise and it's just i just need silence yeah so like i don't know for the way you meditate it's so different from mine but that's an interesting way of thinking about it i never try to sit and think through problems give that one a shot yeah, I'm. I kind of echo with you. So it's just more like 
I just want to like, cut off all the noise and I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to like, I don't want to be anything. I just want to be like this space, you know? You just want to be. Yeah, I just want to be. Be a human being, <laughs> not yeah. a human thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just be outside, you know, like, be in the be in the realm of nothingness for a bit, you know? <laughs> be in the present. Yeah. 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 I mean, of course, if, if you you had a bad day and, and 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 you think about your problems, uh, you you want to clear your mind, right? You want right. to clear your head. But I think if that's just ruminating in my mind, I just gotta clear it and then meditate and then and then nothing. Nothing. I like that. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. Huh. I so I will share this with you guys and with everyone listening to on Friday. Yeah, I was super frustrated, just like, you know, some team dynamics stuff. Super frustrated. I'm like, I had to go for a walk. So I was like, active meditation. I'm going to go for a walk and just think about my problems, right? But like on the walk, you know, I was like folding and like thinking and just like thinking like, hmm, is this my fault? Like, what can I do here better? Like like you're saying, right, Allison? And like making a decision like, okay, these are the things I'm going to do different. And then kind of trying to also get to the root cause of like why am i feeling like that you know i if i i if i assumed that i did everything correctly 100% and then still failed and i'm like why do i still feel like it was a failure and then kind of going back like man the only person that can affect my thoughts my emotions is me so why am i letting this external influence affect me so much and then realizing Hey, it's because I care about this team. It's like it's because I care about our outcome that I feel this way because I care that much about it. And then kind of like, okay, so this is what I'm gonna do differently, and try to push it forward, and see if that delta is big enough to cause a change on the team. It's not like a traditional sit down, meditate kind of thing, right? But at the same time, it did help remove the thoughts and then create that blankness of thought. Once I got through through it, and I'm like, just okay, I'm just gonna enjoy the rest of this walk. Yeah, th- I, I think that's that's a great example of like what I what I said. I mean, you you went through the process of, you know, thinking about the problems and then um, reflecting on it. See, you, it's not your fault, but you do want to find a solution. And then once you found that solution, you just was in the present. You was just yeah, focused on your walk. Yeah, dude. I need to go walking more. <laughs> <laughs> so many problems. Go walking more. Um, Just get those endorphins. One, you know. one big one too, you know, um, that I learned was um, distraction. So instead of like people who don't use meditation, um, they like to distract themselves outside of their problem. Say, um, here, here's a good one. I've, I, I, I've read somewhere, you know, if a person is excelling at work, they're also equally failing at something. Mm. So say for top performers at work, they're also probably failing with their family life or they're struggling through something else. And and I totally see that, you know, but um, I try not to focus on that. So I try to balance things out. Like, for instance, for me, um, I was going through a really hard time first, second quarter of school. Um, I 
paid no attention. I used ChatGPT on some of my assignments. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I barely put any time in it. And I just started focusing on something else that I was able to control. And I realized is that what I realized is that I, I needed to just dial in and get back into it to make myself more happy, I would say, more present in the moment rather than distracting myself from that. Because I feel like that's the opportunity that will give me um, later on in life for growth opportunities for, you know, it'll open doors for me. So I started, you know, finding my way back into it and started refocusing myself back into school which which helped a lot tremendously and it's going a lot better these days yeah that's good man good to hear yeah yeah thanks yeah that's the reality of things i mean it seems like in like the distraction part maybe some people they don't want to deal with it so kind of like run away from it that's mm-hmm. how i'm yeah, seeing it yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, this real basic like procrastination, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to do your homework. So instead you clean your house, you know, <laughs> yep. Yep. that kind <laughs> of stuff. I mean, in, in a grander scale, of course. Right. It's crazy. So philosophy major, huh? Oh, yeah. What, so given what we've talked about so far, Larry, <clears throat> I think one of the things that we're, I'm, I'm taking away from this conversation is, because I, actually walked in here and when we were kind of fleshing out what topic we're really going to dive into today i was like no it's internal locus of control only there's nothing else but after talking with you guys i'm like oh no it is a balance and i didn't really think about the need or where that balance was so mr larry help us opine on this balance (laughs) is there anything any other thoughts that you could give us on it maybe like where or um I don't know how deep into your philosophy major there <laughs> you went, but was there anything like like that out there, or is it just like stories or something that I I think you can relate to? <clears throat> I think to start, I mean, it's the internal side. It's you, you got to be curious about things, and especially with information now, it's so easily accessible. It's like you you can't really take things into face value, right? And you know, you read something or someone posted like this video of, you know, this kid licking this person, um, beating up this person, (laughs) 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 beating up, yeah, giving giving him lickings. And then, you know, the the way you see it, it's like, oh, shoot, this this kid is a bad kid. But then you're like, okay, wait, why did he do that? You know, is he really a dick? Or maybe like there was something else that happened. So then where where this whole philosophy comes into play, it's like, okay, yeah, you you see the information in front of you, but then you also want to like question it you know, like, oh, why did it occur? Or, um, you know, just try to think for a second, like, okay, we take a step back, see the bigger picture. Because what's given to you, it's just bits and pieces of here and there. And maybe there's like, you know, agendas, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought like with in my time, you know, studying philosophy, that's, I think that's the biggest takeaway. It's just trying to find some reasoning, try to get, try try to apply some logic on why things are the way they are. And then don't just, go with what people tell you you know like they might be lying or they they might have an agenda and just basically just think for yourself and open that up for debate so and, oh go ahead no 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 Finish up. no yeah and then i feel like i think back then you could debate and you know have that conversation <clears throat> have that conversation but now i don't think 
you can anymore without getting canceled. <laughs> you know, I think it's it depends on who you debate with. Yeah, I think um, one of the things. Okay, I'll just say this, and then we we get back to something that I wanted to ask ask you about. Um, one of the things that I've thought of recently is it's the people that you hold close to you that really matter, right? And if I'm going to debate someone, if you are close enough to me that you matter, then I'm willing to have this debate. Right. But if you're outside of that circle of influence or the circle of control, right? Like, if you're in the circle of concern or even further out from that, then do you really matter? Like, why? Your opinion doesn't matter to me. Why would my opinion matter to you? Mm-hmm. Is it that That's all I would say on that. But actually, so I wanted to go back to something that you said earlier. And I was really thinking about it before we kind of <laughs> jumped off to a couple of tangents. <laughs> so you mentioned when you were younger, you had this like freedom of mind or freedom of expression. And then it kind of got disciplined out of you. And that I would consider as like external influences that shape the way you behave. From then to now, right, this person that you are, the person who you are today, have you kind of looked back and question like, oh, are these behaviors and patterns that I want to continue to keep doing? Or was it things that were kind of indoctrined into you when you're young and you just continue to do it mindlessly, thoughtlessly? Um, or do you think about like why you do certain things? I, I think it's both. So like when, when I was a kid, um, you know, again, I, I probably had no filter and I said a lot of things I should have not said. <laughs> And the only way I was able to stop doing that and make myself realize that what I was doing was bad was through, you know, physical <laughs> conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it really helped me. And, and, you know, like to be fair, it's one, like, respecting your elders or, you know, not body shaming people or, or not say bad words to people in public or not stealing, or, you know, <laughs> you know, things like that, you know. <laughs> Growing up in a neighborhood where it's it's kind of bad, you know, that's, it's really helpful that I had these... Um, these systems in place <laughs> right. at a very young age. Um, had had I not, then I don't know. <laughs> I might yeah. be doing something else. Hmm. Yeah. So would you say then, like, well, you know, when we were talking earlier about how we're kind of set up by the system around us, right? It sounded like you kind of had a rough childhood growing up and you kind of overcame that existing system. Uh, I, I wouldn't say rough childhood. Um, well, yeah, I wouldn't say rough. It's just, um, I guess there was no one else that told me like what's bad and good Mm -hmm. except for like, you know, my, my parents and my brothers or, um, you know, my school. Mm. So, um, it it was really helpful. Um, but then, you know, you know, your kids, right. You want to do whatever you want (laughs) and you know, there's other kids outside of you that, Oh, Hey, let's do this. I'm like, Oh, I don't think that's a good idea. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think. I think at some point, you know, everyone should have, like, a system, and that should be, like, your guide, one of your guiding principles, I feel like. With, without it, then you're just, like, you're just going with the flow and things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, my, my take is, you know, like, a dead fish goes with the flow <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> so are you the dead fish? <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the river, man. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Forget the fish. Yeah. <laughs> he is the flow. <laughs> oh. Yeah gotta find your own flow yeah okay that's cool man yeah because i was kind of wondering one of the things for me recently is 
I've been going through a process of unlearning what I've learned. And some of the things that I learned in like elementary school, high school, my parents taught me, it's somewhat relevant, but sometimes it's not. And it's kind of like, I think, it w you know, we kind of touched on it, right? This um, support animals, some of that woke culture, PC culture, right? It's kind of adapting with the times. And then it you can't have that same old mindset, right? Like you can't just, for an, an, an easy example, right? As assuming women are not capable. Like we've seen time and again, that's false. Like women are just as capable, if not more than men. And it's just having that opportunity to show that they are. And it's having to change that mental script, that mental model for those people that were entrenched in that culture. So for me, it's kind of like that active process, right? I'm choosing to look in myself and try to understand what mental scripts and models were kind of indoctrined into me by the school system, by the social system, and trying to understand like how much of that can I change and how difficult is it going to be to be able to become more of the person that I want to be. So kind of like, you know, internal, external forces there. I don't know, Ellison, anything you want to comment on that? Hmm. Um, I'm all for, you know, women's rights and women being equal to men. I, I, and I agree, you know, they, they can pretty much do anything just as good or even better than men. And, um, Let's say, where am I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was kind of framing it like I had to unlearn all these social scripts, right? All this social programming that I had. I was kind of wondering if either of you, Larry Ellison. Hey, uh, isn't it Larry Ellison an actual person? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I just said yeah. that. Like, Larry uh, J. Ellison? <laughs> it's uh, Oracle's uh, yeah, CEO, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry Side tangent. Uh, just, yeah, just wondering for you guys, like, did you have to, or have you had a process of unlearning to relearn and kind of like where, if you've started sorting those things out in in kind of like your life or in your thought processes of things? Well, I don't know about unlearning because it's, I, I, th I feel like whatever I've learned and whatever the system, you know, like hardwired into my brain, that's like, that's going to be there already. Mm -hmm. But then, Maybe there's also that, you know, it, you just get the switch, you know, like you turn it on and off, and sometimes you just turn it off and just don't look back. Yeah. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Good point. Yeah. And then um, it's maybe it's like re just relearning and readjusting and, you know, keep that switch on. <laughs> mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, especially with, with now, like how things are changing and, you know, y you want to be adaptable, right? And you want you don't mm -hmm. want to have that old mindset bringing it, bringing it into you know, the new era, the new generations. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's like, okay, I can't just, uh, this is my thoughts, right? Like, I can't just unlearn it. I mean, it's already a part of me and I don't have to share it, you know, like, mm -hmm, right. there's some things that's kind of fucked up that I, I've <laughs> learned to believe and, you know, like, I'm not going to, like, say, oh, yeah, I don't believe it anymore. I mean, there's, that thought is already in my head. I could just, like, shove it all the way in the back and just never look at it ever again. And then, yeah, put maybe, maybe that is unlearning. I don't know. <laughs> you ever thought about it from a different perspective where, you know, you said you, you, you shut it out and, and you put it in the back of your mind. Um, and, and I got to say, I, I'm like that as well. 
um, I, I try to avoid be an avoidance of um, like my problems, the things I cannot control. Do you ever thought about like facing those problems and see where growth opportunities may arise? I mean, like for me, I, I got to share like connecting with my ex-partner. Um, we had problems and we had so much problems. We had struggles. Um, and then I was just totally ready to just X her, cancel her, break up with her again. <laughs> um, like break up with her? Again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, like I stuck through it and, and I, I leaned in and I thought about those problems. We, we found solutions. And I say for me, like it gave me growth. It gave me ways of try to handle those problems. So I wouldn't want you to miss out on those opportunities where you 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 shut out those problems um, because there's always growth opportunities for those um, you know those situations where it's difficult to like navigate through. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So I mean. I guess like if there is a problem, then you know if you're trying to find a solution, you know that that's growth right there. You can't grow without you know these the you know, roadblocks and everything. Um, but I guess like socially, you know, like we're, we're taught a certain way, and you know, like in my whole life, like oh yeah, you know, there's only one religion, and, and this religion is better than everything else, and mm-hmm. you know, I was like, nah, no, I don't think so, <laughs> you know. So that that kind of stuff, like I'll just put that in the back of my oh, okay, back okay. of my head. I mean, back on wherever. But then as far as like, you know, overcoming things or, you know, you try to seek to understand, right? And, yeah. mm-hmm. and if you just like, nah, I don't like to learn this and just move on to something else. And yeah, you're going to miss that pocket of opportunity mm-hmm. for growth that will, you know, maybe help better prepare you for the next time you're in a relationship or you're at, you know, some other task. So um, I don't know if that kind of addressed it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it, it really did. I mean, I, I just don't want you to miss out on any opportunities if you psych yourself to thinking like you cannot do this because of this or like mm. if you have problems or whatever. Yeah. Ellison's caring for your well-being there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, no, I appreciate uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> no, when he was asking something like, I was Mr. just making Larry. sure you're doing okay there. Oh. <laughs> doing well. Yeah. Cool, guys. That's some good stuff. I mean, we're about an hour into the podcast now. So... If you want to take it anywhere, feel free to open the door. Because I think as far as it goes, I think we talked a lot about, you know, the locus of control. I think one of the the big takeaways for me is I didn't really consider it a balance. I thought it was like really one or the other, right? But there is a balance. And it's kind of, I think a lot of life too is a dichotomy, right? There's left and right, up and down, you know, inside, outside. And for having a, a locus of control, you got to consider what are the external forces and being able to figure out what are the things that I can do on the inside to buffer myself against it and then start to work with it and then start to overcome them. So, I mean, if there's anything else you folks would like to share on it, feel free. Otherwise, we can switch to something else. Mm, I think I'm good for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you got a good takeaway, though, about being able to balance the internal and externals. Um, I don't like to think in absolute terms there is just one way or the other, or one way is the right way. I I like to look at the whole picture. Yeah. Yeah. I think think you're not a Sith. 
Because that's a <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> Only yeah. Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> Actually, that's something I've been learning as we've been going through this. I have my, like, I've shared my topic list with you guys, right? I have a very specific thought on that. And as I've been talking with others and putting my ideas out in the arena, I'm finding, like, I need to, <laughs> I need to not just, not, not defend, but understand the other points and, like, there is a lot more dichotomy in the thought. And in, to be able to understand the nuance, right? Everything is nuanced. To be able to understand it, you got to kind of put it out there. You kind of got to live through it. And I think, you know, with our experiences that we've shared today, right, we've had experiences externally that we can't control. But then there are things that we did internally to be able to figure out what can we do. And then using that as a springboard and, and figuring out how to move forward. So that's that's super good to me because like that's not a perspective that I had on this earlier, right? That that nuance. So thank you guys. I really appreciate that conversation. Of course. Yeah, no problem. Thank you all for <laughs> listening. Thanks to Ellison and Larry for joining us today. I really appreciate you guys carving out the time out of your busy Sundays to talk with me today. Really appreciate it, fellas. Of course, Greg. Yeah, I'd do anything for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. Shoots. Bye.